How's it going, guys? And welcome back to episode 17 of the Comics and Kaijus. Joining me today, as always, by the way, I'm your host, Quarter J. Joining me today is Austin Albin and the Double Chain Gaijin himself. How are you guys doing today? Austin, how's it been, bro? Hey, man, we are doing good. First, I want to give a shout out to you, my man. I'm glad to have you back. Your boys were worried about you, but we're glad to hear everything's okay. Glad to see you back in business and the boys are back at full strength. That is what has made this episode already for me, to have us all back together again, one big happy fam. Hey, man, that's what it's all about. Double Chink Ijin, how you doing, bro? Doing fucking phenomenal, man. Keeping up with that weight loss. 238 this morning. Woo! Keep going. We Let's can keep see it, going. Man. We can see it. Let's go. So, today, we are reviewing Son of Kong 1933 and The Umbrella Academy Apocalypse Suite Volume 1. Austin, you want to take it away with Son of Kong, bro? Absolutely. I will say this is a first time viewing for me with the Son of Kong. I uh, I usually have had a pretty decent history with watching a lot of these older kaiju movies. Uh, I've, obviously, I've seen the original Kong. That's been nothing that I don't think any original kaiju fan would be missing out on. It's a classic. It's what started. It's one of the ones that started it all. It is a masterpiece of its time made in a time where we didn't have that kind of technology that a lot of people didn't think we could see that kind of stuff, but the, the claymation and all that brought everything to life. So with son of Kong coming into play, you would think that it has some pretty big shoes to fill, obviously. And it really did. It, it was, it had a predecessor in front of it that not only made a buku amount of money, but also was a very big cultural impact in the film industry but I, uh, in all honesty, this was a first viewing for me. So I was very raw coming into it. I didn't really have a lot of, you know, nostalgia towards it. I didn't really have much of anything other than just a baseline of, I understand this is an older film and it's probably not going to be its greatest, but I don't really know as much about it as I would like to. But thankfully here at Comics of Kaijus, we have the Kaiju expert himself to give us a little more detail about it. Cam, can you give me any more about this film? Yeah, so basically King Kong became a financial it was a financial explosion. It was a huge success. And RKO, being the greedy motherfuckers that they were, they wanted to pump out another one uh before anyone else could. Now Ernest B. showing up, he wanted to he was like, yo, let's do another one. Let's but I want to make it even better and bigger than the first one. And they're like, oh, that's all swell and good. Here's half the budget, and here's half the time. You're we're only gonna give. We want it out by December of this year. Kong came out. It was either I think yeah, it was April. They had ten. Filming didn't start until a month after that. They had nine fucking months to make this movie, and it shows. Seems very uh, Godzilla raids againis ish. Yeah, same problem. Very very Godzilla raids againish. Um, is it as shitty? Well. According to you two. Oh, dude, it's yes. horrible. Yes. <laughs> dude, I'm sorry. You know it's bad when I will downright say I would have rather watched Godzilla Raids again than watch this film. <laughs> yeah, so for me personally, I remember seeing this movie when I was – I don't even remember. I remember seeing it when I was a kid. Um, I don't know if I remember – I can't remember if I saw the entire film or if I only saw maybe a brief portion. I do remember like that last portion where he's fighting the weird lizard monster in the temple. Um, and for some reason that always scared me. And I was a kid, I was 
fucking weird. And <laughs> Imagine being afraid of a cave lizard. <laughs> Imagine being afraid of stop motion. <laughs> oh my god, the stop motion in this. Yeah, this the what, stop motion. Rough. Yeah, the stop motion is... It was more rough than Robot Chicken Season 1, okay? <laughs> wow, you really tossing Robot Chicken into Son of Kong. I mean, you gotta really think. I mean, especially like in this instance you're looking at son of kong and compare you the only thing you have to compare it to is king kong which is the one which is its predecessing film it's stop motion it it, it made shock waves it broke mm-hmm. ground it def it changed the game of filmmaking and it changed the game of of the world of kaijus it was the first time we got an injection of giant monster films so it really set a really high bar so for the son of Kong not only to come in and bring the same claymation and stop motion and it being so subpar, it's just – I mean once again, I understand and I sympathize with the fact that these guys only had nine months. I sympathize with they had less of a budget, but it's just the fact that the, the movie goes from being this epitome of changing the film industry all the way down to this movie that is laughably bad – and made in well less the time. It's just, man, you feel for the guys who made it. You feel for the directors. You feel for everyone that was a part of it. But it doesn't I'm, – I'm sorry. I, just, I can't excuse the lack of skill that was placed in the animation department in comparison to the film prior to it. Yeah. Uh, um, but I do – I will say one thing. Being as it's, I think it's supposed to take place like four months after the the events of the first movie. It feels like a direct continuation. It's not like there's this weird gap feeling. It 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 feels like it's a part of the first movie, but at the same time, you don't want it to be a part of the first movie. Don't you think it's a little bit ironic that like the film itself? is a rushed film that they're trying to put out and they rushed the making, they rushed all of it. And then even in the film itself, they're rushing to get another Kong and it's even the Kong is not ready to be Kong. Mm -hmm. Kind of some uh, ironic shadowing there, I would say. Yeah, it's see, it had a lot of potential. I can see the potential in this movie, but with the budget that they were given and the time restraints, it just failed. And I don't think it had any chance of succeeding with the the odds against it. Um, it had it, if they were able to make a longer film with a bigger budget and wanted to do what like Ernest wanted, you know, bigger and better than the first one. I'm sure it could have been a great film, if not as good, or maybe even better than the first King Kong. Who knows? Another thing in another, in another dimension. Who knows? Well, yeah, obviously, but it also kind of makes you think. Me and me and Matt. We covered raids again. You luckily you gypped out on that. You shit. <laughs> we, we got we raids tore again. into it. <laughs> we did. We didn't cut it any slack. But at the end of the day, I would say that I would have rather watched raids again. But that's a twenty year difference in time. Nineteen. This was what nineteen thirty three for Son of Kong, and then yeah, same it was year. Same 19, year. <laughs> this was nineteen fifty. It was nineteen fifty five for raids again. If I'm thinking yep. correct. Okay, so that had a whole year. Well, not really a year. It was a little under a year. It's technically Gojira was at near the back end of 1954, and then uh, Raids Again came out in 55 a couple of months later. So, Mm -hmm. 
I guess if you're looking at it in the terms of like, okay, well, Godzilla did better in its second outgoing than Kong did in its second outgoing. Kong was in 1933. Their resources were a lot more limited than Godzilla's resources in 1955. That's 20 years in between these two films. The industry has completely changed. And between these two films and between these two behemoths, I mean, obviously you're going to say, well, Godzilla has the advantage because at least Raids again not only made its money back, but it piggybacked off of the hype train of the first film. This film, Son of Kong, came out in 33 few months later and it was just it was pretty much just you know when gojira was made and raids again was made they were trying to make it to where like this is the same godzilla like everything is happening within like a few months of one another like the events of gojira and then boom raids again this is the same principle kong happened and then boom a few months later we have son of kong like the films it's like almost like you want to it's almost like reminiscent of how halloween and halloween 2 are they're two separate films made in the same continuity of the actions of the one before it. So mm-hmm. it's very interesting to see that, like, I personally believe that, like, John Carpenter made Halloween 1 and 2 beautifully in sync together. And yeah, it's say honestly... What you, say what you will about Halloween 2. Dude, That's people a personal can, preference. People can screw off. <laughs> Halloween 2 was, was a, probably arguably one of the best sequels in horror history. And most of the time, it, sequels in anything... Anything that is a sequel is going to be looked at under a microscope. There are yeah. very few examples of where a sequel is better than its predecessor. One of them being Empire Strikes Back. Are everyone that I know that watches Star Wars says that Empire Strikes Back is the best film of the series? I can agree. It's my personal favorite. I think it does everything that the first film did, but better. Absolutely. But then you look in the horror genre. Horror genre is notorious for sequels. Sci-fi genre. Notorious for horrible sequels. (laughs) Bingo. Notorious for it. It is. (sighs) There are very few sequels that do it well. Halloween 2 did it well. Very few sequels will do it. Oh, hey, we got a quick shout out from TJ. Yo, TJ. Pay-per-view tonight. Just popping in to say you guys look so handsome. Oh, we know we look that handsome. Thank you. Stop. Stop. (laughs) And hey, Freddie, what's up, cuz? I see you, man. We hear CNT and you say Nightmare Elm Street is better. I don't know, man. That's a whole argument for a whole nother day between uh, Halloween and Elm Street. That's (laughs) that's a whole argument for another day. But the the premise of what I'm getting to is that this this is a film that is meant to be a sequel. It is meant to be a sequel in the same continuity of the first film. Mm-hmm. And we're getting in less quality with the same principles. Jan, Bro, hi. Everybody's welcome aboard. Up. Thank you. Jan, always <laughs> appreciate the support. Great discussion. Hey, always glad you're enjoying it. We like to have them. You're just helping I, us I, keep going. I, I will say that um, <clears throat> this started the whole son of craze. It did. You know, then, then there was son of Frankenstein. Really fucking good movie. Um, and then there was Son of Godzilla, which we will get to. And then you have Son of Blob. And the way there's son a of Son of Blob? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, dude. Wait, can we cover the Blob movies? Is that technically a kaiju? I never thought of that. Because <laughs> we, I mean, we can we – can Give technically... me an excuse to watch the Blob movies again. Those movies are just – they're such good trash. It's such good trash, especially we the can... 80s remake. Oh, uh, technically, I am. <laughs> Dude, those movies are terrible. I love them. 
we can technically cover all of the 50s giant monster movies we can cover like the 50 foot woman um we can cover them i really want to talk about that we can cover them we can cover the beast from Twenty Thousand fathoms it came from beneath the sea the black scorpion um there is a film 20 million miles to earth we can cover that that's a good one there's a film that I want us to cover that is a more modern day film that I actually watched a couple of months ago. This was before I joined the boys. So I, I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's on Shudder. It's called Boar. I haven't seen it. Oh, I've been wanting to watch. Isn't that? No, it's wait. fucking fantastic. That boar is animatronic. <laughs> <laughs> the boar is animatronic. It exists in life. It is not CGI. It is a boar who's killing people in Australia. It's amazing. I don't know how this. All right. But like if we get this episode, we got to get Brody to join us. Oh, yeah. We got Australian (laughs) motherfucker. (laughs) Got to get Brody in here to be be just talking about it. We get like we need it's like we need to ask Brody and be like, Brody, we need true continuity of is this truly Australian? Do you have boars that can take on an 18 wheeler? (laughs) He'll probably say yes. (laughs) <laughs> we michael, got michael here. a shout out love the podcast don't know much about kong and godzilla but it's cool to learn and listen we'll tell Hell you what yeah, man whenever i first bro. started here knew nothing about godzilla other than big monster go burr we're going through the same journey together man yeah that's my buddy quarter i want to get him together and we'll have like a godzilla movie night because he wants to come see godzilla versus kong with us hey nice, nice. So hey, i'm to the right place he's he's never seen a godzilla movie and i want to i want to get him introduced Hey, look, man, Absolutely. we're here to do two things, educate and entertain. And if we're doing at least one of those two things, you've come to the yeah, right you forgot the third one, shit post on horrible movies. Speaking uh, of... That, oh, yeah, <laughs> raise your back. That, raise that's your back. what I was going to mention earlier. Yeah. Because they're both Austria, are they? Wait, isn't they there, isn't there of, one? No, there's one called Boar, too, isn't it? It's Razorback, and is there another one called Boar? Yeah, Boar is the 2017 Australian uh, horror film. Let me film, see that. Then, show that. Show that. What was the... Poster. I just saw the poster on your phone. Did you really? Uh, let yeah, me pull you flashed it for like a second. I saw something red. Is that it? I'm trying to think. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. And then you have Razorback. Let's see if I can pull that up. Or is that? Or is, is it Razorback? I'm thinking of. Shit. I don't. Razorback is probably the one you're thinking of because it's it's an animatronic like. Well, it was one that was featured I, on Shutter, and it was fantastic. Of, because I saw, I first heard of Razorback from the In Search of Darkness Part Two documentary. Uh, amazing documentary, dude. Um, and that they basically covered uh, Razorback for a good portion, and really fucking cool. Okay, no, it was Boar because Boar was. I remember it was exclusively dropped on Shutter, and I watched it, and I watched it with a couple of buddies, and Is they it were animatronic. Thinking- he is fully animatronic. There are a few CGI shots, saw, but not very yeah, many. Because I saw the one photo that they have of the boar. It's standing there like on a road, and it looks animatronic. I mean, not animatronic, uh, CG. There are some CG shots, mm-hmm. but main, main, the main portion of the film, when you see the boar itself, the boar is animatronic. That's and cool. it looks awesome. It I is just love- such... It's such a wild film, dude. I want I to cover love, that so um, badly. I love some practical effects. I, oh, I always like to see so practical good. effects over CGI. It's it's always you – know. Especially when it comes to monsters. Like, mm-hmm. oh Absolutely. my god. Absolutely. I, 
I fangirl so hard over even, practical effects, period. But even like, if it's just even oh. if it's just stop motion, I prefer stop motion over CGI. Okay. If it's really you know good, back? It, it, if good. It's, stop if it's motion. good stop good motion. Stop motion. The good. stop motion that we saw, the stop motion that we saw in Son of Kong. I would rather take it CGI. Uh, all right, all right, all right. But, but say what you will, say what you will about the stop motion, but the fight sequences that we got out of the stop motion, mind you, there's only two. There's only two big fights in this. And I did like the stop motion fighting over the I enjoyed it. Godzilla versus Kong that we originally saw where they just kind of grab each other and that's it. I can I, I can understand it. that. Yeah, yeah you have very understand that. Like, fighting, like that lizard thing. I mean, it was like wrapping his tail around his throat. He was like trying it's to very dynamic, kind of like yeah, it was very, very dynamic. So. It was the way that they fought. You could tell that they had more time to think about the positioning and stuff like that instead of two actors in big old suits trying to just. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> but that's the biggest thing with like uh, the difference between these two when they record king kong or you know when they record godzilla fights godzilla fights they're you know they're slightly choreographed but they have their own way of behaving they have to you know you know they go and you know do their motions and their actions and stuff like that they don't have full control over Mm -hmm. everything they have control over a good portion of it but not all of it but then when you look at like you know king kong back in the day with stop motion the, the creators have control over every single bit of it Mm-hmm. All of it is under control. A good uh, good example of that is with Geigen. This is a good one. So Geigen, the actor, you know, they have the buzzsaw and then they have the claws hand, the clawed hands. But he also – he has a spike on the end of his tail. He never uses it in the movie because it's just a suit. Now with Son of Kong, the entire creature is posable. So – like what Matthew said, this lizard creature can wrap its tail around Kong's neck and he can grab it and he can like roar and make cool facial expressions. So <laughs> my favorite yeah. one in the whole movie is just it's a, <laughs> that's another thing, man. This show, this show is just it really does not know what it wants to do. <laughs> like it's like half the time. OK. It's like we get this whole opening sequence of them on the on the boat They're You know, they get on this island, which I, I thought that was Skull Island at first. I was like, oh, we're already on Skull Island. Like, let's go. But it it's not. It's not Skull Island. This is a completely separate island on the way to Skull Island. And it's like, OK, well, what the hell? I thought we were going to be on Skull Island. by. I thought we were going to be on Skull Island by now. We're not. And so this whole like island set piece that they have going makes no sense. It is literally just there to consume time. And I'm just sending yeah, here. Basically, views. so because we didn't really discuss the plot. Um, basically, after the events of the first film, Carl Denham is getting fucking slammed by lawsuits from everyone. And because they want reparations for the damage that Kong did and all the trauma it caused them. Understandably so. Um, and he doesn't have a way to make money, so the only way that they're making money is by transporting cargo. And they basically end up on this island uh, as like it's one of their destinations. And they meet Carl meets the guy that gave him the map in the first movie, but we don't see that in the first movie. We're just like, oh, this is the guy. 
okay. Um, We're just kind of forced to believe him. <laughs> and then he's just kind of like, oh, yeah, did you find the treasure? And Carl's like, what? There was What treasure? He's like, oh, yeah, the treasure that's on the uh, Skull Island's treasure. And he's like, no. <laughs> you didn't tell me. He's like, you've been slacking on me? And he's like, oh, sorry. He's like, yeah, there's treasure on the island. And they're like, hey, this is our big break. Let's go get that treasure. Let's wait an hour until we show Kong. <laughs> that was another thing, dude. Holy. <laughs> we were over halfway to the movie and we barely got to see the son of Kong. Like, I accidentally and the one scene. I accidentally like brushed my mouse to see where like not even like trying to see the time frame for us. And we're an hour into this film. And we see nothing. We just saw monkeys. Like Legit monkeys. monkeys, not like even animated monkeys. Monkey, like, monkey. monkeys. Yeah. Straight up little chimpanzees playing music, like music and shit. And they looked <laughs> like they were being terrorized. Like they looked like they were just like, <laughs> they they so play that violin. You play it or you're gonna die. And you're just like, <laughs> I mean, it is the 1930s, so I I wouldn't be surprised if they beat those monkeys. Oh, <laughs> play the violin. Play the violin. Play the violin. No cattle prods. <laughs> <laughs> It, this film, the, like I said, the biggest problem that I had with it was the fact that it you can tell that it didn't know what it wanted to be, especially now that like we get past that, you know, we're past like getting to that. We're getting to the island. We're at the island. We're in there now. We're seeing Kong. And then when we see the son of Kong, Mike, the, the tempo is all over the place. It's like one minute you're seeing like this somber side of Kong where we're wanting to help him. We feel sorry for him and he wants to help himself up. And, you know, they help him out of the sand, the quicksand and, you know, it, it's all fine and dandy. And then he, this bear, like that's apparently the size of a small truck comes <laughs> charging out of the bushes to attack our main cast. And he saves them. Like, obviously it's like, you know, they help Kong. Now they're going to help him. Yada, yada. That's fine. But when the fight happens in the middle of the fight, in the middle of the action set piece, Kong knocks his head against the boulders beside him, and they play some loopy soundtrack, and his eyes go cross-eyed, and it's like, oh my god. I'm not gonna lie, a lot of the scenes with Kong in this felt straight ripped from, like, Looney Tunes. It felt so <laughs> like bad. Watching it, it, felt, it felt overly cartoony compared to what the original Kong was. Like, yeah. it was the exaggerated movements, like I said, my favorite one being the that he does like out of nowhere, you know, not knowing anything about human civilization or like communication or anything. He just goes, I don't know, man. Just <laughs> like that. <laughs> like, so Kong, how do you think about these humans? I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Now sus. <laughs> but it, I don't know. I, I really, I don't have too much more. I really want to say about this film in all honesty. I'm more excited to talk about our comic this week. Son of Kong. I, I'm trying not to trash it too bad. I'm trying not to because we've definitely reviewed worse. Mm -hmm. But I mean, if we're going to go ahead and start putting our stamps of approval on this bad boy, I can't give it one. I can't recommend it to somebody. I can't say, hey, you want to watch a good 1930s film? Watch Son of Kong. I can't willingly tell that somebody when its predecessor did its job, but it did it better and it did everything better. And I honestly wouldn't tell someone to waste an hour in like 20 minutes of their life. I would just be like, move on take the lick and find something else. And in all honesty, like, I'm sorry, I hate to be that dude, but this thing's getting a two from me. I 
I did not enjoy it. I could understand that. I'm not trying to, you know, bash anyone on their ideologies about it, but I cannot find a good justifiable reason to recommend it to anybody, much less than any other reason to watch it again. Sorry, but Kong falls flat for me <laughs> on this one. Double chin Gaijin, what'd you think, bro? Uh, so it doesn't doesn't build upon anything, doesn't show the world, doesn't expand the universe, it doesn't it doesn't do anything new besides it being Hey, there's the son of Kong. Okay. Uh, I mean, if you're a fan, if you're a kaiju fan slash Kong fan and you want to watch all the movies, give it a watch. If you're someone that's curious to see what the sequel of Kong was, give it a watch. Um, My best way, the best way to go into this movie is if you go into it, expecting the quality of the first movie and you're gonna, <laughs> your your experience is going to be way worse now if you go in there thinking hey this is going to be a cheap sequel it's not too bad you know i, know, I would give it bad. i would give it, <laughs> give it, it well <laughs> yeah it's it's bad but hey let's not judge everyone's opinion cam i i'd give it i'd give it like a four four yeah cameron's five. the gatekeeper here <laughs> okay dude okay, okay dude. dude you know <laughs> i'm trying i'm trying to be lenient with the film i could have right. given it a two star hey, like Austin I'm fine with it. so for me i'm gonna say in my own head canon that there's some hardcore symbolism between the ending of the movie and the entire movie itself which is that it's a pile of shit as the ending is collapsing the island upon itself that's so, another, the ending is the ending can is i go lower than one honestly <laughs> we're one to ten here i mean i feel could. like one's giving it some credit okay but that's just me <laughs> that's another thing that ending what the fuck yeah yeah so, so what like, you got the whole fuck, man you got the whole movie and they have no plan on how to get off the island none they have no clue what the fuck they're gonna do they find the treasure they get on the rowboat they row off into the ocean and none of them die and they're just kind of vibing there it's not just that (laughs) i feel like the writers had no fucking clue how to end the movie and come up with a good ending within a month's time so they're just like the island yeah just I'm like, crash is fucking what? They're like, yeah, it's an earthquake. It sinks. You're having an earthquake? How islands work, my God. On an island? (laughs) How? But then, like, let's throw in a hurricane so it's more believable. All right, but how are they going to get away on this tiny ass rowboat? Plot armor. They're just really good at rowing, man. The only only good thing. The only good thing. The only good thing I can really say about this movie is a good portion of the original cast returns, like Carl Denham, Skipper, um, hell, even the Chinese cook returns. Um, and they're all great. I mean, they all do their job well. Um, but other than that, it's just kind of mediocre. I mean, my it's... favorite part was when the credits started rolling. So, oh, Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> I really hated this one. <laughs> You are absolutely ruthless today, <laughs> bro. I'm telling you this one and oh, no, just just no. Listen, I'm not going to take anything from you too seriously. You <laughs> gave you gave Invasion of the Astral Monsters like four stars, so I'm not going <laughs> to. All right. But like Planet X, 
Stop. That whole plot line was horrible. <laughs> anyway, let's get our quick commercial break. Cameron, shout out our boys over at Symbio Collectibles, bro. Yes, thank you. Thank you guys so much. Thank you guys for supporting us. You guys are the best. You support us, we support you. Uh, Austin, did you did we show off your toy last time? Did you, we did. We showed off yeah. my wonderful Django that I do have sitting yeah. here beside me. He always sits by me and guards my desk. Guys, it's this thing is fantastic. I couldn't have asked for something better. That's why the pin sets upon my new. You can just see the nerd grin on him. He's, he's happy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy with happy. it, man. Like I said last <laughs> week, if you want anything collectible, you know, comics, collectible items, toys, figurines, whatever your fancy may be, Symbio's got you covered, man. I, I keep their sticker here just because I really it. don't really have anything to put it on, but I keep it by me at they, all times. They got good shit. They, their deals are honest, you know. Imperial Godzilla from the 80s. Collectible Godzilla cards with the booklet that would go that comes with it. The fucking toy Spider-Man mech. They got cool shit. Check and them as out. Always, and as always, make sure to check out projectlouder.net to check our merch. Check out the other shows on our uh, network. Give them all some love. Gorn Moore, Bad Beetleborgs, all of them. Give them some love. And... We might be working on a Discord server coming soon. More details in the future for some Q&A, some uh, get-to-know-the-owner, stuff like that, you know? So, let's get into this comic. All right, so we did Umbrella Academy Volume 1 Apocalypse Suite. So, for those of you that might have seen the show, uh, Season 1 of the Umbrella Academy is very, like, heavily based on this comic. There's a lot of things that happen in the show that happen in the comic that they pull directly from the comic. There's a lot of stuff that the show did uniquely. There's a lot of stuff the show did differently. There's certain things that the show did so much better, in my opinion. But there, there's also a few really key points in the comic that would have been really cool to see on the screen as well. But you know us, we're going to dive right into this. Starting out with the beginning, uh, it kind of gives you the rundown of what's going on, you know, as in the show whole bunch of people across the earth just pregnant all at the same time Bam! Pregnant. <laughs> not pregnant prior had no signs of pregnancy full-blown uh, full-blown pregnancy straight into labor and giving birth now as you all know if you've seen the show uh mr hargreaves collects seven of them and turns them into the umbrella academy which is where we get the title a kind of i don't know almost like misfit teen titans type team that's an interesting it gets kind of made out of it yeah yeah that's that's the vibe i always got off with it was like a misfit teen titans team so yeah i mean i would say it's a pretty good mix between like teen titans and like a misfit organization because it's kind of what they are if you really think about it like like they all got their issues and stuff like that they're not just all these like stellar Heroes they like have Robin, Cyborg, Beast Borg, they all have just deep-rooted issues going on with them. Stuff that you can tell really like changes them and stuff, you know? So we get a lot of time jumps in the beginning of this comic. So, you know, it goes from beginning to one of their uh, big capers against the uh, Eiffel Tower that I was 
I lost the name of it for a minute. Dude, that but Eiffel they, Tower is literally fight the wild. Eiffel Tower. They literally fight the Eiffel Tower in the first chapter of this book. <laughs> Dude, the uh, this whole book, it reminded me of so much of just like, meh, you never thought that. Like that's how I felt like with everything. <laughs> it really like is. It's, it really they is. they come in there and they're fighting the Eiffel Tower, and I'm like, oh, someone it must be like a giant mech or something like that. And they're like, so, like of some, course, it's Doctor I forget his name right now. <laughs> something yeah, I don't look, don't ask me his name. I'm horrible at <laughs> Honestly. that. But like you, they fight this dude in the Eiffel Tower, and I was thinking, oh, he's like going to use it to manipulate it and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden, the Eiffel Tower takes off and flies away. And I'm like thinking, like, oh wow, <laughs> he must have like you know manipulated it to do that or something. And then the other you know homeboy sitting down there smoking, and he's just they're like, oh, Doctor Peregrine's in the Eiffel Tower. And I'm like, oh yes, boy, didn't you know it was a spaceship? No. <laughs> Excuse me? Excuse the fuck fucking me. what? <laughs> Pardon, sir? Pardon? <laughs> but not um this is my first Umbrella Academy comic. Uh I didn't know what Umbrella Academy was until the show came out. Uh not gonna lie, I prefer on most stances of this comic, I prefer the way the show executed it. I do, however, wish that instead of the bank robbery in the show, they would have done this. Eiffel Tower fight. Eiffel Tower would have been so it, much it, sicker. It was so cool. Because <laughs> like it was had, so wild. Okay, pull up the description of the bad guy. It said zombie cyborg doctor dude. Nazi. <laughs> he's a Nazi too. He's a Nazi. Is he really? Like, yeah, he's a Nazi. That. Literally, like no, he's every, a Nazi. Literally, like every adjective they could have thought of. They were like, "Yeah, smack it on him, and we'll say it makes sense." Of course, he's a fucking Nazi. Of course, it's a Nazi. Why else would there be a Why else would the Eiffel Tower magically be a spaceship? Of course, the Eiffel Tower is a spaceship. (laughs) So, (laughs) if you don't believe the Eiffel Tower is a spaceship, what the fuck is wrong with you? First off, I'm never going to be able to go on a vacation now, and someone's like, "Hey, we're going to go to we're going to go to Paris. You ready to go? We're going to go to see the Eiffel Tower." No. Sure. I'm gonna th- I'm gonna be sitting there on the Eiffel Tower looking around at things and be like, what are you doing? Nah, just looking for the button. What button? No button of your concern. No know. button of your <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Found it, boys. The go- ah! <laughs> <laughs> he just shoot. I feel so bad for our audio listeners that are honestly they don't get because they're speed. probably gonna get they're probably gonna get tonight is after this. Oh dude, same <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> So anyway, it makes another time jump into like modern day. They're all grown up. They've all gone through their own like life routes, you know. And one thing that I wish they would have explained in the comic that they explained in the movie, in the comic they never explained what happened to Ben. Like yeah, there was just, there was just the statue and then it alluded to the fact that only Allison witnessed it because of the the conversation that her and Luther had. Was There's a lot was- of things in this comic that I felt that the show, I don't know where it pulled its source from. Like the show, the very first season goes into so much. Yeah. It, even like the time police. It covers the guys. backstory of the time police, uh, five's He's- entire journey in the future. Like they also, cover his whole journey in one episode and it was great. With five's, he's 10 years old in the comic. I think in the show, he's 14. I think so, but that's just because the actor. I much prefer that. Like yeah. the, like a 10 year old that is literally about and, yay tall is punching holes through guys heads. And I'm like, and, and real yeah. quick, can we just, can we just like tip a hat to that actor for pulling off such an amazing five? Because he comic five was not as good as umbrella Academy show five. Like, dude, yeah. he did so well. He played 
the like 50 year old man in a kid's body just spot on like he really did the dickish attitude everything it was it was on par it was great another thing they completely just cucked us on the on the donut shop scene yeah he kills all the time please the one that i was humming earlier the constantinople i had that song stuck in my head i'm literally sitting there reading and i'm waiting for it and then all of a sudden boom we snap to the aftermath and i'm like Okay, well, maybe they're going to show it in flashbacks. Yeah, I thought they were going to show in flashbacks. No flashbacks, nothing. We are completely cut away from an action sequence that the show gave us. For that one, I'm going to have to criticize it. But And and the the messed up thing was is that it got right up to the point where the dude fired his laser gun, and then it cut. Yeah. And they were like, oh, yeah, he killed them all. I want to see how. How did he do it? The show like, at least gives us an answer, so we're not just stuck in, the in show, this ambiguousness of it. In the show, season one, he has that full donut shop fight where he's just going ham, and oh my god, is it amazing. It is. It's really good. And I really hate the fact that we got screwed out of an action sequence. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, oh, go ahead. I was just frustrated they just didn't give it to us. It could have been easily done. If the show could give it to us, why couldn't the source material? Absolutely. In my opinion, like there was a lot of stuff that the show went more in depth on. For one, uh, superpowers. The show went way in depth on their superpowers. Granted, yes, it is a show. It has more time to show it, but technically that, a comic book. One, that was one thing I had questions oh, about. Yeah. It was like, I was like, how the hell did they get their powers? Or like, what? I just. Well, it, 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 in the show, it hasn't described how they got their powers yet, but it went more in depth on what their powers were. For instance, like yeah. Seance in the show. They went in depth on how he could communicate with ghosts. He could even manifest them and like that too. kind of travel to like the, the ghost realm or whatever, you know, because he did that like once. Yeah, he did. But, but in the show, it never really straight up told you what Seance's powers were. It just showed him like kind of flying in with his luggage. And then at the very end, he made himself look like Mr. Hargreaves. Yeah. But I mean, I will say that like, at least we get to see Seance use his powers effectively yeah. in the comic in comparison to the show, which like I know a lot of people loved Seance, a.k.a. Klaus, in mm. the show. They loved his character and they thought he was fantastic. And that's great and all, but at least in the comic, he is actually shown using his powers to a source of effectiveness. Mm-hmm. Instead, the show, we just see him, we basically just see this drug addict battle his inner voices for the entirety of a season but it's like okay is he a superhero or is he just and a the junkie? only one and the only one he focuses or manifests is ben which yeah, yeah that's was it. cool because ben got some like solid limelight on it but at the same time it was very lackluster yo brody what's up yeah, how's it going, bro? we were just talking about you dude we were just talking about you brody we're, we're gonna need you. you we're gonna need you on a show we're gonna be ha- doing an episode called it's gonna be doing the movie on shutter called boar it's about a gigantic like hog razorback that goes around also, killing people in Australia. We need true, authentic Australian certification on this film to make sure they're on the up and up. Absolutely. So back to the comic. Uh, Klaus was more like fleshed out in it, in my opinion. Uh, in the comic, although they did not really show what Five's like actual powers were. They hinted that he knew how to time travel. That was it. Mm-hmm. They didn't show his teleportation. Nothing else. He used the levitator belt. Yeah, he that used that for everything. Yeah. In the show, dude, he, he's teleporting around everywhere. And that's his like main form of, you know, 
travel. At least the teleport was a lot cooler than him just being like, ah, yes, the belt of lifting. Let me just clap on uh, the belt and yes, <laughs> belt. Yeah, and the ripoff version of Razor. Yo, Bro. it was not a bad film, Brody. Boar was so much fun. I watched that with my with my boys one night. We sat back, we had a couple drinks, and we watched a giant animatronic hog eat a bunch of people, and it was hilarious. It was fantastic. <laughs> There's a dude that literally tried to fight it in a one v one punching match. It had him like pinned into like this little shed, and it's like sitting there like, trying to bite at him, and he's like, "You guys go, I'll hold it off," and he just like gets there and just. Start sitting there wailing on the damn thing. <laughs> it's like the craziest thing I've ever seen. I'm like, this film is fantastic. <laughs> like, it's the dude. Okay, you remember? Have you ever seen the film Mad Max? Like mm-hmm. the new one, Fury Road. You remember mm-hmm. the guy who's like, uh, oh, you had a baby brother. It's like oh, I had a baby brother, and he was perfect in every way. Like mm-hmm. the big dude who like ripped the engine out and all that. That's mm-hmm. the guy. That's the dude that was punching this gigantic mutilated hog. To let the other people go free. He literally had a 1v1 punching match with a hog the size of a truck. It was (laughs) awesome. (laughs) But no, I I agree that like with with fives, this is another intricacy that the show, I think, did a better job of doing in comparison to the way the comic did it. Fives, not only did I Someone's been watching the Clone Wars recently. It's just five, bud. Shut up! <laughs> you like you keep seeing fives, and I'm like, uh, at first uh, I thought you were saying it like as in like five is or you know like yeah I, I uh, yeah <laughs> I've been wa- like binging the Clone Wars, so like so uh, I had to call your ass out because I kept hearing the fives. Uh, so I, could just, I could just hear the neck beards and the comments going five. Yeah. <laughs> Good soldier follows orders. <laughs> Anyway, let's pull Austin out of his yeah. PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, five I think was very it was done a lot better in the show than he was done in the comics, especially in the, like I like I mentioned earlier, I felt like the actor did a very good job portraying the character. But not only that, is I felt that the the actual character over in the comic was I just felt being a 10 year old. He was small. He was he was little. And he's sitting here taking on these people like they're nothing. But I felt like the 14 year old, you know, that he was a bit taller. He seemed like he can handle himself a bit better. And not only it, that, it, but the fact that he could teleport, he could literally throw yes. his weight instantly. The anger. teleportation made it more believable. Mm-hmm. Brody, what you got there, boy? Yeah, I like the director, yep. Chris Sun. It's a fun film. You should hit me up and jump on the show for a quick interview. Should we? I mean, Okay. Right. I mean, awesome. Let's go. Hey, I loved that film. I'd love an interview about like, how did you? Where did you come up with the idea of a giant fucking pig? <laughs> that Raise seems crazy, dude. Shut up. <laughs> oh, bro! Shout out to my downstairs neighbors arguing again. Let's go. Oh my! <laughs> shout out to my downstairs neighbors. What is that here? Ah, uh, yes, domestic violence. Oh uh, yeah, back to the uh, show. Courtney hears domestic violence and doesn't call anyone. <laughs> oh my god! So, so for my listeners, for my listeners, uh, it's been a very running joke that whenever I'm hanging out with people and stuff, we always hear my downstairs neighbors just like arguing. Like, so bad. We've had the cops call them, like, oh, I can't even tell you how many times, honestly. And every day, dude, I kid you not, it does not miss a single day that they don't argue. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is so a anyway. sad, sad, sad relationship, and I hope that someone comes <laughs> out of that in a positive light. My goodness. 
<laughs> so back to the comic. Uh, one thing that I kind of have like a bone to pick with, uh, whenever Luther is on the island, or the island, whenever Luther's on the moon and he's about to leave, the robot, Ben, that he named after, you know, Ben, yes. tells him, do you want me to give you the laser gun? And he says, yes, I will probably need it. And he goes down to Earth. And not once in this entire book, with all the fight scenes, does he ever pull out said laser gun. Okay, let's <laughs> well, pull he does. He does. He does? When? When? Yeah, he what, points it, it at the person. Was it against the Terminauts? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, remember he when he fought he Diego? He pointed at yeah, Kraken. He was yeah. fighting he Diego, Kraken, but he doesn't shoot him with it. He pulls yeah. him. Okay. okay. That's the only time. It's against his friend. Hoping Hoping to hear it downstairs. Live streaming. The FBI would have to confiscate our entire show. Be like, all right, we got to listen for some audio. ATF agents outside my house right now. Get your guns. Oh, just but uh, like my curtain, just red and blue lights. Yeah, wait, there's cops outside my house right now. <laughs> they, uh, with that's one person I wanted to bring up was Ben. His design in the comic was, uh, I really, 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 really. Hold on a minute, Jan. Whoa, I can get you an Jan interview with Roger Ward out of Boar. He played Blue in it. Tell me if you're interested. Yes, yes, yes I would love that. That'd to be get an amazing. interview. That would yes. be absolutely amazing. Jen, you would be VIP. That would be incredible to, to be our first interview, to be something. Absolutely. You should definitely hit us up in our like DMs. Like, absolutely. Go to us. Yes. Um, Thank absolutely. you for that, Jan. That, that's, that's amazing. Thank you so much. But to get back into, into this with Ben's design, his character design, I felt was so, it was so weird. It was so odd as and when we see him in the show, He's kind of more of just like this big monkey muscle guy. Mm-hmm. If it looked more like he was genetically altered instead of literally just being a dude's head from the neck up on a chimpanzee's body wearing a diaper. Yeah. I, consider it done, Jan. Mm, we wouldn't be doing it. this without that support. Absolutely. Big shout out. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. The Luther in the show looked very human modification versus the comic like you said head on monkey it's a head it's a it's literally a human head that somehow can still age have mm-hmm. that in mind it showed in the newspaper that he got his head sewn onto that body like a long time ago and now he, he is a good. yes he is a full-grown adult that's what i don't understand is how can a how can the body age and then the face age at the same time like how does that work how does any Magic. of that work? <laughs> <You're> magical. <laughs> magical. <laughs> uh, yeah. and, and in my the opinion, uh, I liked Rumor's hair. I thought it made her look very kind of e-girl, which I thought kind of fit with the whole Misfit Teen Titans vibe that I was getting off them. In yeah. the show, she tries to... She tries to represent herself as somebody who made it in life and is very successful when in reality, you know, she's she's got her own inner demons that she's battling with and stuff. But in the comic, they really made her on par with the rest of the crew of just being a bunch of broken little misfits, you know, and I feel like that was very well illustrated with her hair and the way that she was like always emotionally unstable, like quick to snap at people type stuff, you know? Yeah. And Uh, I thought that was very. Oh, go ahead. I was going to just say another character that in the comics was drastically less talked about in comparison to the show was Vanya. 
Vanya yeah. was hardly Vanya, talked about in the comic. Vanya had almost no limelight until the end of the comic. And then like, in the show, she was the center focus. Mm-hmm. Her and Five Wait. were the two center focuses, arguably. Now, if it was up to me personally, I would have preferred having Fives be the focus more because I liked the time police and the like. The whole mm-hmm. mystery of the apocalypse was. I mean, really honestly, you can make a whole me. series just off of Five. You could. I keep saying Fives. Oh I my know. God! I, I know. Just, <laughs> At least you're self-aware. Oh, I'm self-aware <laughs> and I'm ashamed, but. <laughs> Five did his story was so more so much more interesting to me than Vanya. Like Vanya, I get it. She is like I, I got I got very big like you know I got very big Phoenix vibes from her. Like oh I'm I'm nothing special. But then when she's awoken, she's the most powerful deity to exist. Like yeah. very Phoenixy, and I'm like she literally destroys the world. <laughs> I did think it was kind of funny. Like. And it's, I'm so ashamed of myself when I saw it. I'm like, oh my god, what is wrong with me? The the scene where she she rolls up to the mansion and she's been like awoken into her like violin form or whatever you want to call it, and Pogo sticks his head out the window and he just goes, "Bye, yes. there's no need to do this." And she kills him by literally just playing one string and it blows his head out. Yes, and it, that, I, I wanted to talk about that. So I wanted to so, talk about it because when it shows that, yay, <laughs> monkey pog. <laughs> that's yeah. that was a lot of i was you see gore like that in a friday the 13th comic and i was like what well, yeah, yeah, yeah you monkey pog like it won't really focus all that well uh, wait, wait. there it goes there it goes monkey pog <laughs> monkey pog but, but what i really wanted to talk about about that scene is i really preferred the comic portrayal of pogo's death versus the movie granted yeah. the movie gave you more of an attachment to pogo because pogo opens up to the you know the kids tells them everything mm-hmm. stuff like that and then he gets thrown against the wall with the antlers going through his chest. That was a very symbolic death, like because he, you kind of grew to like him. But I liked the savage death that he got in this one. It was literally he popped out. He's like, "Please don't do this, Bonnie," and she's just like, <laughs> "And his head just don't do this." <laughs> <laughs> and he just dies. <laughs> with the pinky up, like, <laughs> yeah, you gotta do the, <laughs> and then yeah, he and dies. his head just, <laughs> his head literally like, blows Lord. up. I do agree. Like (laughs) your take on that is honestly how I feel about it. I felt that the comic book renditioning of his death felt more poetic and it Mm -hmm. felt more symbolic. Like you said, because we got to get more of an attachment to him that I felt like in the comic, we really didn't get much flesh out time with Pogo. We got like a little bit of show time with him, a little bit of talk, but like in the, in the Netflix series, he got way more time to really show that emotional attachment and really show that emotional grip with everyone. But the one of the biggest things that I liked that uh, another I, one of the big things that I just liked about the comic is mother. Like mother was completely scoffed off as nothing as like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. she's just a machine. And even Diego's like, oh, you're a scrap of bolts. You're not even real. Her. I definitely preferred her in the show. But then in the show, he's portrayed as like that's like it is his mother. Like yeah. he is he so emotionally attached. Mother. Yeah, exactly. It's like, why is that dynamic not in here? It should be. And like, I know I'm like saying like the show should have had the same sort of level of continuity as a story that's already Mm -hmm. been written. But I mean, the show took things out. And I think arguably, if I'm being truthful, I think the show did a better job with it. Mm -hmm. I think the show did a better job with some things, but I also think the comic did a lot of things right, too. I I think the focus not being on Vanya was something I liked in the comics more than Mm -hmm. I liked about the 
you know, in comparison to the show. One thing I did like, and I was pulling up the uh, panel on my phone. Uh, one thing that I really liked was uh, in the ending of the show, by the way, huge spoilers here. So if you don't, if you haven't seen the show yet, back, I'll be back in like five. Uh, yeah. Whenever they're at the end and Vanya is, you know, playing her music and she's about to blow up the moon and five shoots her in the back of the head with the, with the gun. He does this like whole speech in it instead of like how in the show he just shoots her and she collapses and they're like, oh, my God, the world's still ending. Like he says this just like super savage speech that really illustrates to you how uh, just kind of insane he turned into after being alone in the future in a world where nobody else existed. Mm-hmm. And basically I'm trying to pull it up real quick. He says, no, this is the part where due to a bullet scrambling your brain capillaries start or this is the part where due to a bullet scrambling your brain, your capillaries start to leak fluid, causing swelling that puts pressure on your motor functions and voluntary motor function activity fails. Like just the savagery whenever he says that because he's covered in blood, her blood, and it's his own sister that like he grew up with and stuff like that. And just the savagery in it versus the show where he just, Oh, the world's still ending. Let's build a portal and go back in time again. It just bam. Well, I didn't solve Jack shit. (laughs) (laughs) I thought this would work. It did not. Also, uh, before we get into our rating and stuff, uh, let's talk about our favorite characters. Double chin Gaijin. You've been kind of quiet, bro. Who is your favorite character? Um, I'm going to have to go with, uh, I was going to say real quick. Favorite character comic, favorite character show. I haven't well, seen He the hasn't show. seen the show. He's virgin oh, okay. to the show. Gotcha. Yeah. You need to watch it though. Honestly, it's, really good. it's good. I'm still watching WandaVision, so I gotta catch up on that and then Hurry I'm up and finish it so we can talk about it. Honestly. I'm working. I'll maybe I'll watch an episode tonight after I work out. I don't know. I'll see how I feel. Um favorite <laughs> character? Uh I'd probably have to go with Pogo. Pogo or um Solar. Or at, yeah, uh, probably Pogo. Pogo, yeah, yeah. Pogo was. I can understand character. that. Pogo yeah. was the boy. He was definitely more fleshed out in the show, in my opinion. But he was definitely the boy. Austin, who is your favorite character, man? <sighs> I'm gonna have to say probably my favorite vi- favorite person in the show. E- like show one, I liked Ben. I thought uh, Ben was. I like Ben was two. Yeah, one yeah. is Luther. Okay, well then two, which is I gotcha. Ben. Uh, I liked his. I liked how he was as a character. He was he was that very noble leader that wanted to, you know, protect the rest of his group. He he mm-hmm. wanted to protect his people. He wanted to be that leader, but then when he when everyone kept leaving and everyone kept running from him, he mm-hmm. felt a failure. And I resonated with that. And I felt mm-hmm. like, you know, I I felt like I had some sort of resonation with this character, but in I didn't like him in the comic. In the comic, I didn't enjoy him. I actually enjoyed Diego in the comic. He felt very Batman-esque and mm-hmm. like Batman-ish. And that was really cool. I liked I liked his oh, man, this is weird. I liked Ben in the show. Luther. I I liked Luther. Yeah, Luther's the big guy. Okay, so Luther. I liked yeah. Luther in the show. I didn't like him in the comic. I liked comic version of Diego but I liked his costume design in the show if that makes sense his attitude in the comic felt very dark knightish but mm-hmm. then his design would have fit better on top of that attitude so I liked the way he was in 
yeah, like flip flopped. But either way, Luther mm-hmm. is still my favorite character. I hated his design in the, in the comic. I liked his attitude, his over. I liked his overall yeah, character he, and how he wanted to be that leader. And then he I definitely liked felt like he definitely felt like the Robin or the Captain America of this. Team. That's what I was thinking. He he was very capish. So like mm-hmm. it was just like eh, he reminds me a lot of Captain America. So you know what? Yeah, we're gonna I can, go with I can definitely agree with that. Uh, mine in the show has to be five. I was gonna I say loved, I could guess it. It's gonna be five. Oh, dude, it his his dickish kind of asshole personality. It really I was able to resonate with that. I was able to resonate with that. You know, like, <laughs> I was able to resonate with like, it. Just, it just made it so much closer to me. You know, there's just a lot more. I was able to just really it. like. I was able to project myself into that role a lot easier than the other one, so I really I, liked I was it able to really. He's re- able for know, me to project my no. ego directly. Okay, so, so one thing. So one thing that I liked. Yes. So one thing that I liked was that he really felt like he really felt like a combination between Tony Stark's brains and Rick's I don't give a fuck from Rick and Morty. And I liked that. I really I liked it. I thought it gave it a good mix of like dickish attitude with ultra smart brains. And I can get that. In the comic, bro, I'm not gonna lie. I was kind of vibing with the like leader of that orchestra that got like ripped in half for no reason. <laughs> He was cool. <laughs> he, was he was cool. cool. Fuck. And I feel like there's a lot more behind him than what was shown right then and there. But yeah. I'm not going to lie. I just wanted to honorably mention that guy. Uh, as far as like favorite character in the comic. Uh, man, honestly, it, it was hard to really get attached to them because of the lack of limelight to all of them. But I'd have to say I'm between five or Pogo. Five or Pogo. Five or Pogo? Yeah. Not bad. Though I do definitely prefer the representations of them in the show versus the comics. Uh, they were still pretty enjoyable in the comic itself. Yeah, that's fair. So let's get to our final rating of this. Double Chin Gaijin, bro. What did you think of this comic? I liked it. I really had a, I, the art style was probably my only criticism to this. Um, wasn't really my cup of tea. I thought it could have been a little bit more detailed and that's a, just this just a smi- yeah, yeah, minor I mean, nitpick yeah um i would probably give this six or six or seven probably six and a half six or seven mm-hmm. i got you. i can understand that you are no offense but kind of picky with the art style but i can understand yeah. that too yeah. to like somebody just getting into the comic book world you I understand the uh, expectation of something a lot more detailed, like on Marvel and DC level with the realism and stuff that they put into their art. So I completely mm-hmm. get that. Austin, what do you think, man? Well, I'm going to have to kind of feed off of Cameron a bit off of this. Uh, the art style really kind of slapped me in the face. Mm-hmm. I really wasn't expecting that kind of direction with the comic, especially with like the cover. I wasn't expecting it. Um and then I really was thrown off by the actual characters when I saw them. Like when I actually saw the characters for the first time and then saw, you know, I started recollecting in my mind what they looked like in the show. I was like, man, these are so vastly different. Mm-hmm. Not only in the race of the characters, the characters' races were different. Their designs were different. Their attitudes were about around the same. But there's so much differences in between these individual characters mm-hmm. that I saw in the show that I'm seeing in the comic. And it really just kind of took my head for a spin. And the art style. it The best way I can describe the art style of this comic was like Hellboy, but sloppier. 
Hellboy's art style was very blocky and it was very like squared off at angles, like sharp squared angles. And mm-hmm. that's fine for Hellboy. It worked for Hellboy. I liked it and it made the comic very, you know, in its own world. And I was okay with that. But this, it's like specifically I'm looking at Luther. Luther's design was so it was so dumb. It was I, very rough. I didn't like half the time you just saw a body with like a like a like it, white it's like skin a, toned like pin on the top of it. Not even any hair and like a little black squiggly line for a mask and a white pin setting on the top of a monkey's body. And I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, that's lazy. That's lazy. That looks bad. I'm sorry. I can't condone what, that. What's disappointing is in some of the I think they're like in between chapters. They had have like, very they nice had these very portraits. nice detailed like scenes of like from something that happened earlier in the chapter or mm-hmm. in the next chapter. And I'm like, I want that. I, yeah. I want to see that because you can see everything and mm-hmm. it looks so fucking good. Things looked more proportioned it, it, than it that. Just, it just it just made me want that over what we got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can feel that because I was that's hungry for more. Yeah, I felt that too because when I saw it, all I can think of is like, man, that looks beautiful. Where's more of it? But can't get any more. It's all gone. No more. It doesn't exist because that's not the art style the comic goes with. And that's what bothered me because, like I said, I know the art style may be something people can look past because the story is so good. But I've seen the story played out on the big screen. I've seen – well, not the big screen, but Netflix. But I've seen what the story can be. And for me, if I can have a – if I see how one version of it looks and another version of it looks, and then I see – I can physically have two of them in hand to compare, you know, which one's better. And honestly, the design and the art and everything from the show, I think it did a better job. Like overall – Overall, I enjoyed the show's direction more than I enjoyed the comics direction of art. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, would I prefer the comic or the show? Probably the show, in all honesty. The artwork, it it just it hits me in the face and it's so jarring. I can't get by it. And. The story is good. It's crazy. It's all over the place. And I love how crazy it is. Six. Six. Solid six. See, I I can understand your guys' gripes. Uh, Along with what Austin said, I agree. If given the choice between the comic and the show, I will choose the show. The show does go, like I said, a lot more in depth on some of their backstories than this first issue of the series goes. I don't know if the rest goes deeper because... As with them, this is my first Umbrella Academy comic. I saw the show. I was like, you know what? It'd be kind of cool to cover a comic for our show. So that being said, whenever I got into the comic, I was expecting the type of shit that I saw out of the show. But I knew that there was going to be differences because there always are. But I didn't expect one of the situations where the show was just downright better in just about every capacity versus the comic. And... Total props to the design team and stuff on Netflix that did it. Terrific job. The comic itself, kind of mediocre, in my opinion. They took something that was mediocre and fleshed it out into a show that I'm pretty sure hit top 10 when it released. In, like, the U.S. for sure. Oh, I'm fairly sure because it was on Netflix, like, top 10 recommendations on mine for Mm -hmm. forever. Yeah, yeah. And then when season two came out, it was 
right back on there immediately. So in my opinion, the show was much better. Uh, if you're wanting to get more into the backstories and like some of these wacky fights and stuff like that, definitely check out the comics. Uh, again, the one thing that I wish the show would have done was instead of the bike or the bank robbery, I wish they would have done the Eiffel Tower fight. I feel like it would have been terrific with the cast. Would have been a lot better than the comic, in my opinion, even though it was a great fight in the comic. Yeah, mediocre as far as the comic goes. So I'm, I'm yeah, I'm going to hit it with a five. Oh, okay. That's fair. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't really great. wasn't really bad. It was just, it was just there. You know what? I respect that. Cause usually you're our guy that when it comes to comics, you hit them pretty high. So for you to hit this one at about that mediocre ball, I respect I, that. I usually do, but we've also been doing a lot lately that I'm familiar with and that I truly love this one. I'm not super familiar with, and I loved the show a lot more. Yeah. I feel like everybody, this was all a first interpretation, a first injection of Umbrella Academy. So I think we all had about around this. Honestly, if you look at it, we cover the board five, mm -hmm. six, 6.5. We cover it at a pretty good variety. Also, to all of our viewers, uh, this is the start of our Godzilla and Kong marathon that we are doing until April 4th, where as long as they don't postpone the movie again, we are going to give an actual <laughs> review over Godzilla versus Kong. I know Jan joined also, us on um, the trailer quick thing, Shout out to my uh, fucking brother who seems to think it's okay to interrupt me during the podcast. So I'll be right back for that. Hey, keep your mic on so we can hear the screams. Anyway. <laughs> Untuck your shirt when you're at your house. Jesus. Bro, are you kidding me? He's going in the military. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be prim and proper when I'm taking a dump, Sergeant. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, Jan, you joined us for that trailer reaction. Uh, you, were, you sounded like you were very hyped to hear our actual reaction for it. As long as everything keeps rolling like the way it should and the movie comes out when it does, we will be reviewing it April 4th. <sighs> Yeah, sorry about that, guys. Um, anyways, I'm back. Um, yeah, hope the God Legendary doesn't push anything back. Um, because I know with the COVID, with HBO Max, with everything, you know, because I think some countries have a different release date than others. So, because yeah. I've been hearing different things. With all the different TV spots and all the other trailers that I've seen, I'm getting different things. So, but as far as I know, at this point, March 31st is when the movie drops, which is a I know Wednesday. It is. It is a Wednesday. We had this so, discussion because we said that's a really weird drop time. But we uh, yeah. we are going to be doing a live, like we are going to do a live talk of it, and it's going to be we. Honestly, it probably is going to be a show fully dedicated just talking about that because we're going to unpack every single bit of it. We are going to be flagging it as a spoiler. So if you do not want that film spoiled for yourself, do not watch this. Yeah. Without it, is definitely gonna, it is definitely going to be an in-depth um, review. We're going to tear it apart just like we did the Godzilla versus We Kong want trailer. our interaction with you guys to be as raw as it can be. We want to be able to talk about it as openly as we can. So this is just a fair warning. We are giving all of our viewers for future or future for that episode. Be prepared for a full Godzilla versus Kong special episode that they, is going to be full, full of spoilers. Yeah, there's going to be no structure to that episode either. It's probably going to be balls to the walls everywhere, bouncing up to one thing and then talking about another thing. Then coming back to that first thing, it's going to be everywhere. Um, so if 
you don't want to hear any spoilers, like Austin said, uh, do not. <laughs> do not tune in on that episode. Yeah. It, I, I don't think we have the the, <laughs> the capability or control to prevent ourselves from no. doing one of those. We talk about half of the half the review will be spoiler free and then have the second half so spoiler. Godzilla, for a spoiler free one went, we definitely have to have some sort of script right now for God, Godzilla went yeah. and fought Kong on the island and he, he went there was Mech, Mecha got to, I mean, no there was no, we, no, Kong no, was there and no. he fought him on a ship and it was Mecha Godzilla was there the whole time fuck and then, and then Kongzilla Kong, Kongzilla Kongzilla uh, Oh, shit. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So, King Kong beat Godzilla. I mean, no, no, no. He didn't. He did it. Do we? Do we want to? Do we want to discuss what movies that we have lined up for the next? The yeah, Cam. Weeks? Look, this is your baby, yeah, man. What is okay, Kongzilla cool. going to be consisting of? Let people know for the next couple episodes. It's going to be these Kongzilla. Movies. Yeah. Some says Kongzilla. Next episode, next week, we are going to be talking about Son of Godzilla. So I think that's kind of cool. Son of Kong, and then we jump into Son of Godzilla. And then after that, we have King Kong Lives, which will wrap up Toho's duology of Kong films. King Kong versus Godzilla, and then King Kong Escapes. And then after that, we have Destroy All Monsters, which is a lovely wrap-up. Um, and then after that, we got... The big one. Versus Kong. The big one. The big one. Uh, super excited for that. I'm really excited. Uh, do you want me? Jan saying I will shoot my email to TJ. Roger Ward has been sent a message. Can't wait for the Kong Godzilla episode. Thank you so much. Thank Jan. you, Jan. We appreciate Thank it you, so much. You don't even know. <laughs> um, I do want to show because it's comics and kaiju. Uh, I do want to show he off. Needs to show it off. It's. I, I have to show it off. It's I, a combination of our worlds. It, it was funny because when I was out yesterday, I didn't expect to find anything Godzilla related, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't expect myself to spend any money for the weekend because I was hoping to save. And I saw this, and I was like, "My, you know, Dude, fuck what's, it. What's, what's the worst that can happen? Financial stability? <laughs> fuck that, I guess. You know." <laughs> Um, I got the first and the last issue of the Marvel Godzilla King of the Monsters comic Still series. Good. I thought it was cute to get the first and last one. It's kind of cute and poetic, don't you think? Um, I mean, I would have got the first and the last in the series if I could. I, mean, really I got a shit ton of stuff this weekend, but it's not even remotely kaiju related. <laughs> they had they had a bunch of other of the Godzilla comics mm-hmm. of the series. Yeah, but they didn't have like the second one. Because mm-hmm. that's what I was looking to do is get the first and then the second. Um, or they didn't even have the one where it has the Avengers on the cover and they're fighting Godzilla. Um, so I decided, eh, fuck it. Let's get the first and the last one. Um, so, yeah, that was pretty cool. Cool that's little haul, treat man. for myself. It was a good haul. Definitely first hey, and sir. last for the kaiju. I say it's a solid haul, dude. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think that wraps it up for today, guys. Uh, All right. Covered a lot of really good stuff. Talked about Son of Kong. Talked about Umbrella Academy. Definitely prefer the show. Anyway, as always, your boys at Comics and kaiju in this with a shot of tequila. Bada boom!